Okay, we're talking grandchildren here. We have to rip ourselves away to talk for real. Author Marianne Williamson has announced that she is suspending her campaign for the Democratic presidential nomination. She did this more than a week ago. And we are so thrilled to uh, welcome Marianne Williamson, former presidential candidate, author, activist, and grandma, uh, to the WJR studios. We had to compare pictures, Marianne. We did compare pictures, and uh, I think we can agree they're both beautiful children. They are both adorable. But you're here to talk about uh, some pretty important stuff that's happening in your life. You suspended the, the campaign, and, and you also ran once before. But So why did you decide to do it again? Well, I think the things that I talked about in 2020 are at least as important in 2024, and I want to continue talking about them. You know, even here in Michigan, I'm still on the ballot. So even though the chances of my becoming president are next to zero, um, I think it's very important to keep the conversation alive. And that means people who uh, want to uh, vote for my name on the Michigan primary. Because, you know, if you get delegates in any state, then that means that that's a conversation that matters at the Democratic Convention. And um, my commitment to those issues is is not diminished uh, by my failure to mount a campaign that could make more of a difference. So how do you get that message across? Um, how do you get what you are, what your message is across to the electorate? Well, it's, it's very, very difficult. You know, the Democratic Party uh, basically uh, suppressed any possibility of a primary. And I think they're paying the price for that right now. Uh, democracy is important. And I believe that in any election, but particularly a presidential election, uh, the electorate should have absolute um, uh, ability to hear what all of the candidates have to say. And we have a situation right now that is controlled from on high. On one hand, this, the system itself is so rigged in favor of people who not only have vast amounts of wealth or, or who have access to people with vast amounts of wealth. That's the first obstruction. Um, you ask yourself, why don't more policies that emanate from the U.S. government really serve the average American? Well, I can tell you why, because it's so difficult for the average American to get anywhere near the pinnacles of power. But in addition to that, the DNC had decided that um, we were not going to uh, wage a campaign against the incumbent president and therefore made it very, very difficult, um, really to the point of suppression of the candidacy. We've talked a lot about what you've just brought up a lot on this particular radio station because we've often interviewed uh, some of the secondary candidates, if you will, or some of the candidates that haven't really gotten a lot of press on the radio station. And uh, Chief James Craig, who was the former police chief here in Detroit, was running for Senate. He's dropped out. And he came on this uh, uh, on the station last week. We had the opportunity to talk with him. And he and he, I mean, he's, this is something he's talked about before. He was not the chosen one, he said, by the donor class. He's absolutely right. And therefore, his voice doesn't count. What any and this was for the Republican nomination. That was not the who the party wanted to uh put front and center. And so you just don't matter. Your message doesn't matter. But there are people who want to hear what you have to well, say. Well, that's what's so almost tragic in this country. Because what you just uh, reported is absolutely correct. It's what happens in the Democratic Party as well. Now, that's not the way this country was supposed to be. A representative democracy, the whole point is that everybody's opinion is to be represented. But how can your opinion be represented if, for instance, like in my case, MSNBC is blacklisting you, uh, uh, CNN is blacklisting you, so that you can't even get your voice heard? You know, one of the things that I felt in 2020, but even more convinced this time, 
the American people are not the problem. I mean, the radicalism of the American experiment is the idea that there's a wisdom and nobility in each of us and that it should not matter if you're rich or you're poor or you're black or you're white or whatever. Obviously, we've never fully manifest uh, that, but at our best, we have expanded that franchise. But today, we have this political class that thinks that they are entitled to curate. And when they, when you curate the candidates, that is a form of voter suppression. So this is a problem, and I was not able... Uh, to create a campaign that overrode that. But I'll tell you something, that's why I'm here now, because they can muffle a candidacy, but they should not be able to muffle your voice. And so um, these issues are so extremely important at such a time in our in our history as this. Well, I think that that's probably why the where we find we just did an interview earlier in the show with a uh, one of our great uh, pollsters here in the state of Michigan, Bernie Porn, who um uh, did an epic MRA uh, poll on the presidential primary that's coming up here in Michigan. Uh, but what's interesting is that's what we're, that's why when people are asked, what do you think of a matchup again between President Biden and former President Trump? People say, no, no, we, we, we don't want that. And all no, that the please. Demo- absolutely. And that's all that the Democratic Party had to do was to allow a primary. Whether it was myself, Dean Phillips, any of the other uh, Democratic voices that are out there, let the people decide. This idea of a few insiders, Democratic donors or um, DNC members deciding, how has that worked out for them? It's not working out very well. It's like it was 100 years ago when you have a bunch of men sitting around a table smoking cigars and deciding who the candidate is. It's terrible. And um, uh, that's why I'm staying, you know, I'm on that ballot in a majority of states. And by voting for me, people are still voting uh, for that voice and voting for that uh, agenda, which I think is a very important, very important one if we are to defeat the Republicans I think in they 2024. Called, I think they called that boss politics. I'm they not do sure call if, it I, boss I, I, if I remember. Well, my, it's Tammany Hall, right? Yeah, Tammany right, right, Hall. Right, right, right. Return and, to Tammany Hall. Yeah, and I think I you know, remember that from my political science classes in college for sure. I loved what you said. There's wisdom and nobility in all of us That's right. uh, That's in our the, country. That's the whole point here. That's the radicalism of the of the entire ideal of American democracy. I think we all need to revisit um, the founding of this country. Not that the men who founded, you know, you had 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence. 41 of them were slave owners. So nobody is suggesting that we have ever fully actualized the principles on which we purport to stand. That struggle between those who were willing to and those who were not willing to has been with us from the beginning. But for every generation to be reminded, you know, John Adams said that he hoped that every July 4th we would revisit the first principles. And the first principles of the United States are all built around the notion of the equality of all individuals created by God, equally by God. And the whole idea is that no matter who you are, if we have a free press so that you understand what's happening, you have freedom of assembly so that you can talk to other people about it, and you have free public education so that you have the critical thought processes which enable you to carry the responsibility of governance of a great nation, the founders felt that more than not, we would make the right decision. So it's the process itself that matters. And this idea of suppressing primaries is a way of denying people the opportunity to practice democracy. That's why we are where we are. That's why people are so depressed by it. They don't even, aren't even showing up to vote. Yeah, And uh, it's why that we need to 
continue to talk about the things that matter, regardless how the system is operating. So uh, I, I'm going to take a little bit of a, a, a turn here, a little bit of a right turn, because uh, during the break, you, uh, you had said to me you, you were quite interested in the stories that we talked about at the top of the hour. We're talking about Neuralink, Elon Musk uh, putting this uh you know, this implant in a person's brain by which they could uh, move a, a computer mouse. Also, the uh, the uh, the brain pacemaker, where we're talking about putting a pacemaker, something call, something similar to a pacemaker in the brain to deal with people who have severe depression. And you 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 were very interested in, in that topic, but you also brought up a very good point. You you talked a little bit about the ethics where are the ethics of where we're heading and you can add into that ai technology and a lot of the technology that we're looking at today absolutely we are inundated by data but starved for wisdom and we are inundated by all these extraordinary technological advances but we're desperately in need of a conversation about ethics so when you talked about something like the neuralink first of all it's so extraordinary and yeah. that somebody's and you really have to wonder about that person who was willing to volunteer for this, right? And then your producer mentioned something extremely important. This could be really good for people. This could be really good for people with disabilities, et cetera. Also, you don't have to be a rocket science to consider all the ways it could be used for purposes of evil. Same with, with AI. So anything in the material world like that is is neutral. It will have to do with how these things are purposed, how we use them. And that's why this, this society needs to be having a conversation. In the case of Neuralef, Neuro, Neuralink, medical ethics. In terms of AI, societal ethics. This should not be treated as some you know, ivory tower conversation. It's the conversation we should be having among ourselves all day, every day, in a very real sense. Yeah, but we can't have uh, uh, conversations about ethics and uh, politics or in education or in a lot of things. How are we going to have an, a, a discussion about that? How does it start in your well, mind? Well, this is, you know, you, you're asking someone who has in my own life um, uh, seen how this works. So the, if you look at the field of personal growth, transformation, religion, and spirituality, that conversation is appreciated. And um, I think the American people are as noble and as decent as the people anywhere else. And I find a great openness. The problem is... A conversation as basic, as fundamental to our humanity as what is the right thing to do should not be over here in one corner while the ethics or lack of ethics of the marketplace take over everything else. That's the problem. We We now live in a society where it's almost like it's to be just accepted, like we're not even supposed to question whether or not short term profit maximization for some huge corporate entity should be our governing principle and our bottom line. And I say that it should not. Marianne Williamson, what a thrill to have you here in in the studio with us today. Former presidential candidate, she wants to remind you that she's still on the ballot here in Michigan. Let's leave our listeners with this. You talked about the wisdom and nobility in all of us. Let's take that as our takeaway thought uh, for today. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And we'll continue here on WJR.